Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. We'll open tonight with Vice President Kamala Harris. That is the subject of the Talking Points memo. So last night on 60 Minutes, uh, there was the Vice President talking to correspondent Bill Whitaker. So I went, hmm, this is interesting timing. Why would uh, the Vice President, who doesn't like to do interviews, um, why would she be out there? I mean, what is she uh, trying to um, accomplish, right? All right, so I'll get to that in a moment. Now, the interview itself, um, 60 Minutes and CBS News had to know that the White House, which supervises uh, the vice president, had an agenda here. There's a reason, all right, why they were giving 60 Minutes Kamala Harris. Um, But that's okay. So if I'm CBS News, I take the vice president if I can get her because she's not around very much. So I know they're using the program. Now, I don't know. I don't think 60 Minutes to make any deal with her. But I remember the Leslie Stahl interview uh, with Donald Trump on 60 Minutes. And Ms. Stahl was tough. And she was wrong in a bunch of stuff that she said to Trump. Um, But it was confrontational from the jump. Not with Whitaker and uh, Kamala. There wasn't an ounce of confrontation. There were some tough questions, but no follow-up on those questions. Okay. Now, you got to understand two things here if you want to understand the story completely. First of all, here is the polling on Kamala Harris. This is real clear politics average. Favorable, 37%. Unfavorable, 54%. That's a disaster for a vice president. Because vice presidents don't do much. All right? They're in the background. Dick Cheney was an exception. But um, usually, but to have 54% of the country going, no. 
So she's trying to rehab Kamala Harris is her image. That's what this is all about. But there's a why behind that. I'll get to that in a moment. So the first soundbite I have for you um, is perhaps the worst part of the Biden administration, the border. We have new stats today, by the way. I'll give you a little bit later on. I mean, this is such a disaster. There's no two sides to the story. The Biden policies have led to death, destruction, bankruptcy, chaos, you name it. Roll the tape. Most Americans say that they don't think you're doing a good job on the border, you and the administration. The number of people trying to cross the U.S. southern border is at an all-time high. It's no secret that we have a broken immigration system. Short term, we need a safe, orderly, and humane border policy. And long term, we need to invest in the root causes of migration. But the bottom line, Congress needs to act. Come on, participate in the solution instead of political gamesmanship. Yeah, that's right. It's con- Congress's fault. That we, we need a new system. We have three years, lady. When Trump left office the last year, there were 400,000 migrants who entered the USA illegally. 400,000. Now it's at least five times that because Biden knocked out Trump's policies. Now, Whitaker should have had that stat right there and said, wait, well, wait a minute. You're blaming Congress, you, you know, root causes, but you've been sitting there, you and the president, for three years. It's gotten worse every month. Why? Why was Donald Trump able to get this down to 400,000 a year and you have now blown it up into millions and millions and millions? That's what you have to do as a good journalist. You just can't let her blame somebody else because that's what you'll always do. Nothing is Biden and Kamala's fault. Nothing. Have you ever heard Joe Biden um, admit a mistake? Ever? Have you ever heard Donald Trump admit a mistake? No. Presidents don't admit mistakes anymore. They make them. They don't admit them. And Kamala is just, you know, she basically says they were ready for that question. The Kamala Harris people were ready for it. And the fact that Whitaker didn't have his follow-up ready, I'm so disappointed. Now, he'd been around forever, Whitaker. All right, the second one is the upcoming election. Go. Yet, the Biden-Harris ticket is running neck and neck with Donald Trump. Why are you not 30 points ahead? Well, I'm not not a political pundit, so I'm not going to speak to that. But what I will say is this. When the American people are able to take a close look at election time on their options, I think the choice is going to be clear. Bill, we're going to win. Let me just tell you that. We're going to win. So I'm not going to speak to that. If it's me, I go, with all due respect, and I mean that, I respect the office of the vice presidency. By you not speaking to the fact that you're not way ahead of a man you demonize every hour on the hour, Donald Trump, tells me you don't know why. You don't know why the Biden ticket 
is not doing well. That's what it tells me. Am I wrong? That's what you do with not Kamala Harris solely, but all the people in power. Now, how often do you see that? Think back to when I was on Fox. No politician got a soft ride on the no spin news. And we have fewer guests here because this is more of an analysis program. Um, Nobody gets a soft ride here. Everybody gets challenged. But Whitaker did not do it. Go back to Leslie Stahl. If you you don't remember the interview, Google Leslie Stahl, Donald Trump. And you will see the vast difference. And then if you want to go back even further, Google Steve Croft, Barack Obama. So 60 Minutes has a relationship, what's what they call a relationship, with the White House, with the Biden White House. And they don't want to wreck it by asking hard questions. So therefore, we the people don't get any answers. We didn't get one answer from the Kamala Harris. I sat there with notes and all, and I wrote a message of the day on BillOReilly.com. I hope you read it. And I could be wrong here, and I don't want to be disrespectful. I really don't want to be disrespectful. It's easy to cheap shot Kamala Harris. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. I don't think the woman understands anything. I don't think she understands the border or the economy or the Middle East. I don't think she knows. Now, Biden, a little more seasoned, but because of his condition where he goes in and out of reality, because I did see him in the last two weeks have some kind of thought process that made sense. So that told me he's not completely over the side. He's got good days and bad days, as Ronald Reagan had, if you read Killing Reagan. Some days he was right on it, and other days he wasn't. Okay. So the last part of this analysis is why now Kamala Harris? Because there is trouble in River City. Potomac River City. The Democratic Party knows Joe Biden might not make it. His poll numbers continue to slip. He has not distinguished himself in the Hamas-Israel situation. He has not. Okay, Americans don't have confidence. The stock market is getting killed. That will translate in 2024 into a weaker economy. You take all that equity out of the corporate system, It's going to come back. The Democrats know it's a 50-50 on Biden. He might not be there. He might have to resign. So they've got to prop up Kamala Harris. And in Whitaker's voiceover, he kept saying, she's involved, she's involved, she's there every day. She's this, she's that. It was no design. That was, had to happen in order for her to be delivered. Now, again, I don't think they made any deal, but there are unsaid deals. Anyway, it's a fascinating exercise. They're trying to prop up Kamala Harris in case she's got to step in, all right, as being, you know, somebody who's there and understands, is involved, and whatever. Yeah, she's involved with the border. She doesn't do anything just like Biden doesn't do anything every single day. They never do anything. They have no solutions. Didn't they start to build a wall a month ago or so? Oh, yeah, we're going to build a little wall now. What happened to that? Oh, it's awful. That's a memo. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. 
The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so uh, last week we covered uh, Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi coming to the White House. You may remember that. Nobody else covered that but us. I shouldn't say that because you'll always find somebody. But I told you, nobody's going to cover this, but this is important. So Wang Yi, who's she, the president of China, they're like that. He comes... Whatever they told Wang, he went back to Beijing, and now Biden and Xi are going to meet in San Francisco somewhere between November 11th and 17th because it's a big economic uh, summit taking place in uh, San Francisco. And I'm just worried that the the people involved with this summit aren't going to get to the meeting place because the homeless people will engulf them uh, and try to sell them fentanyl. And, and, you know, it's pretty hard in San Francisco now to walk down the street. So that might be a problem. I mar- mark my words before this summit. The authorities in California are going to go in and they're going to sweep these people out. You wait and see. You wait and see. OK, so this is a good thing that she and Biden are meeting. Any kind of face to face to lessen tensions with China is good for America. Let's keep that in mind. All right, so let's get back to the FBI. So, um, you know, Senator Chuck Grassley, he's been there since the Civil War, Nebraska guy, Iowa guy. I'm sorry, we get that wrong. I don't know why. So Grassley has been in uh, Senate a long time, Iowa. And he is concerned about uh, the FBI not investigating Hunter and Joe Biden. So he writes eight days ago a letter to President Biden. Here is a portion of the letter, quote, based on the information provided my office over a period of years by multiple credible whistleblowers, there appears to be an effort within the Justice Department and FBI to shut down investigative activity relating to the Biden family. Such decisions point to significant political bias infecting the decision-making of not only the attorney general and the FBI director, but also line agents and prosecutors. A Republican cannot survive such a political infection, and you have an obligation to this country to clear the air. That's to President Biden. Okay? Uh, Of course, Biden did not reply to it because Biden is not clearing anything, because if he does, he could be in very serious trouble, which he will be anyway. Eventually, they're going to get to this. You know that. Anyway, uh, I read you that because I wanted to talk with uh, one of our top guests, Brett Tomlin, former prosecutor, a federal prosecutor, about the FBI. So let's do away with all, uh, bring him on in. Uh, let's do away with all the FBI agents aren't at fault because we all know that. All right. And we don't have to say that it's been said way too many times. You watch Christopher Ray, All right. And you worked in that Justice Department. Is this a guy that inspires confidence to you? Bill, thanks for having me on. I, not only did I work in the Department of Justice, I was in the Department of Justice the same time as Chris Ray and worked with him on several different DOJ committees. 
And I'll tell you, you know, you summarized what uh, I think the American people really need to know about Chris Ray, and that is he will not be a man of courage. And right now, this country in the Department of Justice needs men and women of courage that are willing to say, we will investigate. We don't care about your politics. We're not going to try to cover for anyone. The same guy that would authorize the these 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 ridiculous investigations into Donald Trump um, when it when it should be a civil matter that's that's handling some of the disputes is refusing to pursue what is clear clear racketeering behavior, money laundering, bribe, movement of money to avoid detection. We, we now know the sourcing investigative uh, investigation was done. They actually connected the dots. Now we know they had to do quite a bit to avoid holding the Biden family accountable. So they got the information from various people and then they, what they call, uh, dumped it. They wouldn't pursue it. They said it was Russian disinformation, whatever excuse, they wouldn't aggressively do it. Now, what I don't understand is this. Comey was a disaster, right? The former FBI chief, it was a disaster. And all his lieutenants were ridiculous, um, very partisan uh, Democratic people. And then Trump comes in and he appoints Ray. Now, I, I don't know, maybe Ray was Elliot Ness at one time and then all of a sudden he lost it. I don't I don't know. But Trump appointed Ray, right? Well, that's that's right. You know, the the Trump ignorance on on Ray and on, you know, who he could trust or who he should listen to uh, really is turning into be, you know, maybe his largest mistake as a president. It was apparent way back then that Chris Ray was not the candidate that was going to exercise, you know, independence and courage and, and be a force in that. How was He's that apparent? Let me, let me stop you. Let's get specific. How was that apparent? Because I didn't know. When Trump said, oh, I'm going to give the job to Chris Ray, I wasn't here going, what? I didn't know. How was it apparent yeah. to you? It was apparent to me having worked, there's a certain cross-section of individuals that are born and bred in Washington, D.C. They are, they are angling for appointment positions. When an administration comes in that's not their party, they stay in D.C., they wait it out, then they push for a position back when the, the new administration comes. It's this revolving door. It, it's happening all the time. You wouldn't know that if you're Donald Trump and you're jumping into Washington, D.C. He really would have had to have listened to some folks that said, hey, let, let's bring in an outsider that has law enforcement credentials, ha has worked it, you know, with the FBI or has the chops to come in here that you, you actually might have some confidence in. I wouldn't put a I wouldn't put someone in that position that I didn't know. I would have to know that individual and their background and know that you know there's someone that I could trust. The the, yeah. the amount of advice well, here, that he has to give to the president is substantial. Here's the ultimate irony. Chris Christie wanted that job. And remember Christie was a big Trump supporter in the in the beginning. And Trump didn't give it to him. And I don't know why. Okay? Now Christie hates Trump um, more than anybody. And I know it's because he didn't get that attorney general job. So it is the swamp was not drained by Donald Trump. Let's be honest. It wasn't drained. I mean, maybe he tried. I don't know how hard. He had a lot of other things to deal with, uh, which he did a good job on. The economy being number one. And then he had COVID. 
So I'm not, you know, I'm not unreasonable here. But let's get back to the FBI. Um, Traditional conservative Americans have no trust in the Bureau. None. When when a guy like Ray can get up and ask a direct question, would it be better for the FBI if the border were responsibly policed and he won't answer the question? You know it's all over. I mean, when I see that, I go, if politics comes before public safety. That's the bottom line on this, isn't it? Politics well, comes before public safety. What an outrageous moment. I'm glad you highlighted it, because if there was ever an, a, a question that was simple to answer, it would be that it right. is unbelievably more difficult if the border is not secure. I right. mean, you need someone, you need someone like John Ratcliffe, the former you know, director of national intelligence, who was a U.S. attorney, to be in that position that says, that doesn't care about politics and wants to say, guess what? Mayorkas, you need to you need to secure the border. It's not secure. We have pockets of terrorists that we already know are in this country. What about all the ones we don't know? And not only that, but the FBI does narcotics work. And the FBI knows that most of the crime in this country is generated by drug addicts. And now the That's drug right. addicts have more product cheaper on the streets than at any other time in the history of this country because of the open border. So you got a twofer. You got foreign threats, the people coming across, and then you got hundreds of thousands of Americans killing themselves with the drugs that are unimpeded coming across the border. And then you got uh, Ray going, oh, I, I, you can ask Mayorkas. It's pretty depressing. Uh, Tommy, you got to get back in the game, man. You, you, I want you to be <laughs> FBI director. Right? Can we okay. make that happen somehow? You got... I'm, I'm down. Let's do it. Yeah, but you're out there in Utah. You're on the slopes. You know, oh. yeah, you're waving at everybody. Come on, you got to get back in the game. We got to get you in there. We appreciate it, Thank Brett. You. Thanks very much. We'll talk soon. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. News Nation poll. Uh, News Nation, I do them uh, twice a week now, Monday with Leland Vittert uh, on his 7 o'clock program, and Wednesday tomorrow with Cuomo on his 8 o'clock program. This is a cable network that's coming up in the ratings. Um, so you might want to check it out. And particularly when I'm on, because we love things up there. Anyway, they got a new poll out. Publican 38, Democrat 35, fair poll. Do you approve or disapprove of the way Biden's handling his job? 44 approve, that's higher than normal. 56 disapprove. Uh, Would you say your sympathies lie more with Israel or with the Palestinians? Israel, 49% of Americans sympathize. Palestinians, 10%. That's a very, very low number. 
equal between Israelis and Palestinians, 26%. Okay. Not sure, 15. And I usually deride the not sure people, but this is complex, so I can't understand. Uh, who would you say is most responsible for current violence? Israeli government, 9%. Hamas, 42 Okay. The rest, the rest of it's like the United States, you know, that kind of thing. Crazy stuff. Final question. Would you say you approve or disapprove of President Biden's handling of the war between Israel and Hamas? Total approve, 52. Disapprove, 48. Not even. Okay, that is the poll there. So um, the House of Representatives is putting forth a spending bill to help Israel. $14 billion, actually 14.3. And um, I support that. Now, what President Biden wanted is he wanted Ukraine and Israel together. No, I think this is the smarter way to do it. 14.3 right now to support Israel. Okay with me. But the House says in order for us to pass that, you've got to cut 14.3 from the IRS budget. Remember, Biden pumped billions into the IRS so they could come to your house and take your stuff if you don't pay every dime or whatever. They want a very aggressive IRS shaking down Americans. They have record tax receipts now in this country. They want more. Biden administration, because he's the biggest spending president on earth. Anyway, I like that. I like the uh, cut the IRS to pay Israel. But the Democrats don't. Jean-Pierre says it's a non-starter using the uh, cliche uh, that she always uses. If you count up her cliches, they overwhelm you. Corinne uh, Jean-Pierre. So it's a non-starter. No, no. Democrats don't want any cuts anywhere. So we're not going to do that. Okay. Well, we'll see how it plays out, right? Um, There was a hearing today on this uh, money. And Secretary of State Blinken and U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin showed up at the Senate Appropriations Committee in Capitol Hill. Also showing up were protesters. Stop supporting the genocide and ethnic we will Not suspend until the room is closed. So you ask, how did those people get in there? You can call ahead to get admitted to any hearing because the people's house. And these demonstrators, they, you know, they all together, they organize this thing. It isn't like the uh, January 6th thing. I mean, they legally got through and had permission to be there. But then when they started interrupting the hearings, they're all taken out of the room. Will there be any arrests? No, nothing will happen to them. If, unless they punched the cop or destroyed something. All right, now this is a very disturbing story I'm gonna tell you here. And I'm gonna go over it in a very methodical way because I don't want anybody misquoting me or misunderstanding anything. Columbia University in New York City is perhaps the most anti-Jewish school in the world, not counting the Arab nations themselves. This is a virulently anti-Israel, anti-Jewish school. Not sure exactly why, but it's been that way for decades. They recruit people at Columbia, uber-liberal college, okay, and they recruit people who don't like Israel and uh, Jews to teach there. 
and that attracts radical students there. Okay, that's what's happening. So as we saw, many, many colleges were embarrassed by students sticking up for Hamas. So it's okay that Hamas killed thousands of civilians, including babies and, and women. And, you know, they beheaded, Hamas beheaded somebody yesterday, cut their heads off. But that's okay, because Israel's a fascist nation, whatever these dopey protesters say. So 167 professors at Columbia University, that's a lot, wrote a letter. I'm going to quote one paragraph from the letter. In our view, the student statement supporting Hamas aims to recontextualize the events of October 7, 2023, pointing out that military option, operations and state violence did not begin that day, but rather it represented a military response by a people the Palestinians, who had endured crushing and unrelenting state violence from an occupying power over many years, unquote. It's Columbia University professors, 167 of them. Well, number one, it wasn't the Palestinian people who went in and murdered the Jews. It was Hamas, the terrorist organization, which has been designated that. Okay, so that's number one. They lied the Columbia University professors, in this response, okay? Number two, recontextualize means a revision of the truth. The truth is there's always been strife between Arabs and Jews in the Holy Land. For 2,000 years, there have been strife there, and there have been atrocities on both sides. That's the truth. And here's another truth. Israel is a nation, a certified nation, and has offered every single Arab in the area Israeli citizenship. Though there's no occupying, you can become a citizen of Israel. Anybody can. And therefore derive all the benefits of that status. But the Palestinians, 95% of them, Reject that they don't want to be citizens of Israel. But they don't have a government. They're run by a terror group, Hamas. There's no Palestinian authority. There was an election, which is bogus anyway, because there's no free elections. And Hamas overwhelmingly defeated the Palestinian Authority. So these Palestinians aren't being occupied because Israel has carved out Gaza for them. But they can't get anywhere because they don't have any organization. They don't have a country. It's run by terrorists. So all of the billions of dollars sent to help the Palestinians don't go to the people. It goes to Hamas to buy their rockets. All right? Gutter sends billions of dollars to Palestine. People don't get it. Now, Hamas has set up medical facilities and some food distribution points. But... There's no structure there. And if you don't do what Hamas wants, you'll lose your life. They'll kill you. Okay? Now, these Palestinian professors, I call them Palestinian, 
these professors at Columbia University who think Palestine is being occupied and the students are justified in supporting Hamas, the terrorists, because of this. Well, you made the same argument about 9-11, America's fault that Al-Qaeda came and slaughtered 3,000 of us. The same argument. So this is just vile. I don't know how Columbia University survives after this. I certainly wouldn't send anybody there. I mean, it's an Ivy League. And you got problems at Harvard, you got problems at Yale, you got problems all over the Ivy League now because they recruit far left professors and administrators. Associated Press, been very sympathetic to Hamas. Now, the Associated Press in your town, if you buy the local newspaper and you open it up, you'll see AP. They are the primary reporting vehicle for the small newspapers that can't afford to hire reporters to send to the Middle East. So the AP um, classifies the Russian airport thing where thousands of uh, Russians in the south part of that country stormed an airport to try to hurt Jews, right? And uh, this happened Sunday, two days ago. Thousands. Now, they didn't get any Jews because they were misinformed, but they wanted to hurt Jews, kill Jews. So what the AP in its headline says that crowd storms Russian airport to protest flight from Israel. Not what they were doing. They want to kill if there are any Jews on the plane. That's the AP. Not the first time. The Associated Press, people who run it, have told their reporters not to call Hamas a terrorist organization, even though Hamas is a terrorist organization. So the Associated Press is leaning against Israel. There's no doubt about it. Okay, are we all clear on that? If you want to disagree or have questions, bill at billoreilly.com, bill at billoreilly.com, very easy email address. Name in town if you wish to opine. Still get a lot of mail with no names in towns, so I can't use it. And I, I need to know you're a real person. New York City, uh, Don, uh, Donald Trump Jr., Eric Trump, Ivanka Trump, Donald Trump himself, former president, also testify uh, in their civil case, uh, which is just ginned up. Uh, as everybody knows, nobody else would be in this position, but they are. Now, I don't know how it's going to come out. All I know is that this case would never have been brought against anybody else. But the attorney general in New York State hates Trump campaign on getting Trump. Oh, that's true. NBC News has convicted the Trump family. Roll the tape. The Trump children's father was running a corrupt business rife with corrupt and illegal business practices. They all dutifully played their part in their father's corrupt enterprise. They lie so frequently and so fluidly about everything and they can't even be consistent about their lying. All right, NBC News did away with due process years ago. Okay, then, there's no due process there. I know Trump's guilty. Now, we don't need any trial. We don't need any judge or jury. He's guilty. Just want to point it out. That's what's happening. Now, let's go overseas. Uh, I was on News Nation last night, and they ran a clip uh, that I wanted you to see, in case you didn't see 
me with Cuomo. It was a good discussion. Again, we have it posted on BillOReilly.com. The clip is from Gaza Hamad, and he is a member of the Hamas leadership in Gaza. He's speaking to a Lebanese news outlet. Go. Israel we will do this again and again and again. So when you hear somebody calls for a ceasefire or a pause or whatever, there's the upper leadership of Hamas. We're going to do it again. You know, give us the opportunity. We'll go right in and slaughter more. Okay. I mean, <laughs> there you go. So Joe Biden is calling for a pause uh, of the uh, shooting in Gaza. This isn't as irresponsible as it seems. All right. So here's what should happen. If there's a possibility that Hamas would release the hostages they took on October 7th, there should be a pause. Okay. So if Hamas says, yes, we're going to release these innocent people that we're holding illegally and you can get them out in return for medical supplies that we need to treat our wounded, because that's what it would have to be, a quid pro quo. We'll pull. Then I would say yes. All right, bring those hostages to the border and then we'll let the trucks go in with water and food and, you know, non-military stuff. That's worthy. But just to pause with no agreement from Hamas to do anything is weak. And Biden's weak. But just the pause itself is not inherently bad if you can get something good out of it. Uh, smart life. So this morning, at the, literally before dawn, because I have to do this, I'm so busy. I went to the dermatologist. I go at least three times a year. All right. And this is a smart life segment today. And the dermatologist took two things off me. Pretty soon I'm not going to have any fingers or toes. Because every time I go, they're taking things off me. Skin cancer things. My father died from melanoma. I was a lifeguard, a water safety instructor. I lived in Miami, taught high school there. Okay. So I'm Irish. I'm the whitest guy in the world. And now, as I get into my advanced age, my immune system's dropping a little bit, and these skin stuff start to happen. Now, I have been very proactive here, and I found the best dermatologist. I mean, this guy is fabulous. But I had another dermatologist before him, and this guy was not good. And you know how I knew that? It was all about money. Every time I went into that office, or I mean, it was sending me like eight bills a week. That's all I cared about, money, 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 money. I say, hey, you're fired. That's what I mean. You've got to find a good doctor. He cares about you. And, you know, this guy cares about me. He likes what we do here. He knows who I am. But anyway, it's not pleasant going in there to the dermatologist. But he goes, you're smart because we're getting it early and we're just popping it out of there, popping it out. And that's the way to do it, because the advancements to protect yourself against skin cancer are substantial. 
the technology is substantial. So they can find, if you find it early, you're okay. So smart life. Over the age of 50, you got to check yourself out, but you should have a pro do it. All right. You can do it with a personal physician and in a physical kind of thing. But anything you see, you got to check that. Don't let it go. All right. You got to be reasonable about it. If you get a little lump or something like that, it goes away in three weeks. But if it doesn't go away, you got to get it checked out. It's the best advice I can give you. And not only with the skin, but if you have a heart condition, if you have any kind, you know, because everybody's susceptible to something. Be proactive. Spend the money. It costs a little money, but I'm telling you, you save yourself so much suffering and you'll be around longer. So that's a smart life deal. Um, this is an unbelievable story. So in Massachusetts, there is a group called the Witch Hunt Justice Project. I know this is off of killing the witches. So they have announced now that uh, they are advocating recognition of all Massachusetts witch trial victims, and there are about 300 of them. 20 were executed, but the others were thrown into jail, many of whom died in those jails. This is 1692. So now there's a movement, all right, to try to um, exonerate in some way everybody who was tainted in 1692 in Massachusetts, active movement, all right? And I said, well, look at this. Now it's symbolic. It's not going to be any money or anything like that. Um, and killing the witches drove it. I'm almost positive about that. And the irony is that on in the Halloween season, there are just droves and droves of uh, tourists go to Salem, and they have fun, and there's a witch mall, witch shops, witch this, witch that. 500 yards away, these people are buried. The ones that were hanged. We wanted to ask the mayor uh, about this. You know, you feel guilty making millions of dollars, you know, and it's in a coffin, wouldn't talk to us. Wouldn't talk to us. Anyway, check out Killing the Witches. So, okay, here it is. Friday night, packed house, Huntington, Long Island. Uh, Sid Rosenberg, WABC, and myself delivered a live program, and the theme was right and wrong. But we're not teaching that to the urchins now. It's disappearing. This is why you're seeing this insane Hamas stuff. Right and wrong in America. Oh, we don't want judgments. Oh, no, 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 no. But we did it in a humorous way. I'd leave. But folks were laughing. I heard them. Roll the tape. Now... I am a guy who thinks about values, and that's what this show in New York State of Mind is essentially all about, is about values. So our values back then were there's a right and there's a wrong, all right? And you do what's right, or we lock you in your room for 18 months. <laughs> and, you know, that was it. That, it wasn't a lot of complexity. So I can just imagine my father alive now. And I would come in and say, Dad, I, I want to have a conversation with you. Is that all right? And maybe he would and maybe he wouldn't. It depends if Ed Sullivan was on or, or what, you know? So I go, let's talk about our white privilege. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? 
Would you please pass the fish sticks and we'll talk about white privilege. It was stunning. And then the other conversation would be, when I was about 16, I'd go in and go, you know, Dad, I'm thinking about going trans. <laughs> Somehow, I can't even imagine. Can you imagine those conversations with your parents? All right, so I took you from back then all the way up to now through that show. Now, we're going to have put it together now some mechanism where you'll, buy, you'll see some of that. Um, I'm not, we haven't quite figured it out yet what we're going to do with it, but it was a really good show. I want to thank the Doyle brothers at uh, Huntington and the theater and everybody who showed up. Thank you very much for supporting the live show. It was a lot of fun to do. It's different than the Miller shows that we used to do. A lot more personal, and uh, we may do a few more of them. Yeah, I hope so. And uh, thank you very much for watching and uh, listening on our 300 radio stations to the No Spin News. Uh, we'll see you on Monday.